And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Got a very special guest on the show today. Somebody that I know a lot of you probably remember him as a running back for the University of Arkansas, but he's also a high school football coach. And that's Broderick Green, who actually was from PA right here in Little Rock and is somebody that had a very interesting journey when it came to their college football playing career. And let's welcome him in right now. Broderick, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Well, we have a few things, of course, that we're going to jump into. But first off, we want to say congratulations on your new coaching gig, man. Tell us about it. I appreciate it, man. Uh, very excited. I'm uh, going to be coaching over at Central Junior High and helping out at Springdale Harbor a little bit. So it's been a while since I've been in the coaching game, but, hey, I'm excited and ready to get started. So, Broderick, what were you doing prior to this to get you involved in coaching? Um, I was actually working at Tyson Foods. Okay. But you've still been staying connected to the game in some kind of way? Yeah. I've, uh, you know, always – my best friend, Brian Moffin, he coaches over at Joe T. Robinson and – so I'd always go around the program and kind of watch the players. And, you know, some of the guys were still kind of uh, left over from when I coached there. Stayed in contact with some of those guys. And um, Coach Scola and, you know, that whole group is like a family to me over there. Um, so I'd be around them, watching them work out, kind of getting a little tips in there. Uh, just staying involved, watching their games. I went to the state championship. I watched them win. Um, so just kind of always finding an opportunity to be around football. Well, Broderick, I want to look back kind of on your playing career, obviously coming from the state of Arkansas, playing in high school here in Little Rock. Can you just kind of take us through, you were a highly regarded player. You had a lot of different offers, and we've been talking a lot of recruiting today, especially with Danny West. Could you just kind of reflect back on what was your recruiting process like? What was the visits like? Just kind of let us know what that whole process was about. Um, it's fun, uh, but there's a mix of emotions, especially at that age. You know, I look back now and I see why it was so difficult for me to make a decision on what school I wanted to go to because, you know, you got coaches and players and different people telling you, you know, what you want to hear and you have a connection, uh, a combination of, you know, that same crowd telling you the real deal. And so as a 17, 18, 19-year-old, you don't know who's lying to you and who's being honest. So you have to fill it out. You got to get to know them. You got to see who you have a, uh, a relationship with and who you connect with. You got to look at the depth charts. You got to see what kind of school it is. Um, you have to see, um, you know, what you want to major in. If that has anything to do with your school choice, you have to look at I mean, there's so many different things, and it's all thrown on you at once, and everybody's calling you, texting you coming to your school, you're going to visit them, um, you're meeting different players all around, people are telling you what school they're going to, what they're not going. It's just so much going on at that time, but you have to zero in and you have to, you know, do your pros and cons and figure out the best scenario for you. Uh, but it is extremely difficult knowing that once you sign on the dotted line, that's the school you go to and most likely you'll end up there for the next four or five years of your life. Well, when you were obviously a high school senior, you decided to commit and sign with USC originally, which 
uh, you know, everybody remembers exactly how powerful USC was during that time of your recruitment. But what was it that made you decide that USC uh, as a senior was the place for you to be? Um, you know, funny story. A lot of people don't know till this day. I actually was supposed to go to Penn State. Really? Yeah. Uh, had a lot go on behind the scenes. I just had a second thought, and I said, you know what? You know, Penn State, you know, the school for me. And like I said, I was confused at the time because I wanted to go where I was needed. I wanted the best fit, the best situation, and I, it was tough. I mean, I was sold on USC the whole time, and I went to Penn State, and I was like, man, I love the school. And Joe Paul was such a great guy. Me and him built a strong relationship in a short amount of time. And then I became conflicted between the two schools. And so at one point I called Coach Carroll and I was like, hey, man, I'm not coming. I'm going to Penn State. Like, I'm sold. Like, I'm done. I'm decommitting. I'm out. And I had an incident with the NCAA. And uh, they were pretty much like, hey, because you signed your letter of intent already to USC, they have your rights. So you have to go. And so I flipped back. And I apologized Coach Carroll. We talked about it. We hashed things out, and he's like, hey, I understand you're a kid. You're making a tough decision, and I still want to welcome you to the family, and I want you to come. And so I went to USC. So, Broderick, uh, your brother Greg played football at a high level, played in the NFL for a number of years. How did he, you know, watching him help you throughout that process? And then, you know, just your career in general, how did watching him from a young age and seeing the the level of football he played, how did that help you in your career? Oh, man, all my brothers helped a ton. You know, they all played sports. Uh, my brother Rodney played, too. He was older than my brother Greg. I think about two years, he was he was a standout guy, too. And so I always took advice from, you know, Rodney, Steven, and Greg. They both, well, all three of them, actually. They always told me little things to work on with my game. You know, always gave me tips after the game, you know, before the game, you know, high school, college. Um you know, and then watching my brother Greg play, you know, going to the game as a kid, watching him play for the Chiefs, you know, just just seeing him out there, you know, I, I'll cherish those memories forever, you know, just knowing that my brother was a part of, you know, that organization and was able to make such an impact as a player and, you know, leave a legacy there in Kansas City, you know, and so even still to this day, we talk about some of those memories and um, different games he had, you know, but he always, looked after me, always, you know, uh, complimented me and always gave me confidence and spoke things into existence. He always said, hey, you're going to be in these shoes one day. You're going to get your opportunity, and you're going to do the same things I did, maybe even better than what I was. So I know that, um, you know, seeing that at that age, you were a Chiefs fan growing up. Are you still a Chiefs fan to this day? And they just won the Super Bowl, so you could celebrate that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's it's like a lifetime connection. You know, I grew up, like, my brother played there for eight or nine years. You know, seeing that as a kid, you know, even till now, I'm still cheering for Mahomes and, you know, all the other guys on the team and just trying to, you know, hoping they win. Because it feels like back in the day when I watched them play the Raiders and when I watched them play the Chargers and when I watched them play, you know, all the rival games, the Broncos, you know, it, it just brings back memories. And, you know, I think that's a team that I always support. 
We'll continue our discussion with Broderick Green here in just a second. But guys and folks, ladies, it doesn't matter who you are. I got to tell you about this Built Bar. You've heard me say it a lot. You're probably like, why is he continuing to talk about Built Bar? Because I'm telling you, it works. It's it's amazing how it's had such an impact on my workout regime. I've been trying to lose weight. During the COVID, I was cooped up a lot. I was eating unhealthy. I wasn't going to the gym, obviously, because it was closed. But now that the gyms are opening back up, things have gotten a little easier and a little uh, better for me to eat healthier. So I'm starting to get back into it. And one of the main reasons that has really been helping me in doing that is Built Bar. It's a protein bar. Tastes like a candy bar. Right there is all you need to know, that it's a protein bar that's extremely healthy, that has low calories and low sugar, but with high protein, high fiber. And it tastes like a candy bar, which we all love candy bars. So if it's healthy and it tastes great, that's all you need to know about it. But they are fantastic deals that you need to try if you're trying to be a little more health conscious. Whether it's maintaining weight or trying to gain weight or lose weight, it doesn't matter. It helps your workout out tremendously. And we're doing this great deal right now on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, Promo code locked on, you get $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. It's a fantastic deal, folks. Take advantage of it. Start getting your mind right, your health right by Built Bar. Again, builtbar.com. Put promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Speaking with Broderick Green, former Razorback running back right now on Out of Bounds on the West End Cigars Hotline. Broderick, you know, obviously we talked about you going to USC, and it was fascinating to hear that you wanted to go to Penn State because I don't think many people knew that, but I know a lot of Razorback fans were very thankful when they heard that you were transferring out of USC and coming back home to Arkansas. So I got to ask you, what went into that decision, and what what was that process like as far as being a transfer in college football going from one major program to another? Um, it was tough. Like I said, because I got out to USC and I met some of my, you know, best friends for life, you know, um, guys I still talk to to this day. You know, Mark Tyler was one of the top running backs in California. You know, they all kind of took me in, showed me around, you know, the city and, you know, got me acclimated to everything, the, the way of living, you know, and take, took me to their hometowns. I met all the parents that cooked for us and stuff. And, you know, so they, they made me feel at home in L.A. So now L.A. is like my second home. And uh, still talk to these guys to this day at 31 years old. We have a group text. We always stay in contact. And, you know, I was so sad about leaving. I mean, we all got together and just gave a big group hug, and I just cried like a baby. We were all just in tears the day I was leaving to go get on my flight because I didn't want to leave L.A., but I knew it was a bigger picture, me coming back home for my family and to be there for my grandmother. And, you know, like I said, there were things going on people didn't know. A lot of people thought, oh, he's not playing at USC, he's transferring back home, you know. That wasn't the situation. The situation was, uh, started out, my grandmother had a stroke, um, she ended up losing filling in her left side, like developing the paralysis. Um, her face twisted up at one point. She started to just lose a lot of senses, and, you know, something wasn't right. And uh, within a few weeks, she had another one, and uh, I was concerned. She was in the hospital, you know, and my grandmother was like a mother to me. Um, she, you know, raised me a lot of the times when my mom was working at night and stuff. My mom still helped, too, uh, but, you know, 
I just, me and my grandmother had this bond. I feel like I'm the closest to her in my entire family. And, uh, you know, I didn't want something to happen. And if it did, I wanted to be home. Um, but also my mom was going through a tough divorce at the time. My uncle had a bad car accident. They had to draw the life to get him out. Um, it was just so much going on back home. And, you know, as a 19-year-old on the other side of the country, you know, that's struggling and I was hurt. I broke my foot. I had the red shirt, so I couldn't play. I was just, I was depressed. I was down. I was dealing with a lot of stuff. And I just tried to keep to myself and stay strong. But it's tough at that time when you don't have as much of a support system. I mean, my, my teammates and my coaches were there for me, but it's nothing like family. And big picture, I knew it was an easy road to NFL and all that if I stayed out there. But I said, hey, I'm good enough to play anywhere. I just want to go back home so I can be close to my grandma and my family and help take care of her. And I don't regret it to this day. As a running back, Broderick, you feel good every time you touch the ball. I want to take you back to the 99-yard run. What did you see see and think before that play? Uh, so, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, we always practice that play, um, coming out the goal line, and going into the goal line and um, in practice. And uh, so, I mean, it was muscle memory. I was used to doing it all the time. And uh, a lot of people don't know, too, I actually did it about three times. I did it in a scrimmage. I did it in practice. A lot of scrimmage I did in practice, and I did it in the game. So I scored 99 yards about three or four times. So when I got to the game, you know, coach always challenged me. He always tried to push me to bring the best out of me. And he said, hey, Green, you're in. And I said, all right, let's do it. He said, hey. You gonna score or no? And I was like, "Are you? Is that a dumb question? Are you kidding me, coach?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm going 99." He was like, "Yeah, right. I believe it when I see it." I said, "Okay." I said, "Well, you watch this." So when I went in, I never will forget. We were in the huddle, and they were like, "All right, guys, here we go, baby. We're going 99." I said, "We're going 99." We broke the huddle. I came out, and I was like, "Here we go, 99." And we ran an inside zone, and uh, I ran inside zone, pressed the cutback. Well, I made the hole. John Dermott came leading up, and I pressed the cutback. And when I was cutting back, I saw the overflow of the linebackers. They were closing in. I looked out my the corner of my eye. I saw the ref standing there, and I said, I wonder if I press this cutback, can I run in front of the ref as a block? I ran behind the ref, threw off a couple defenders, and I looked, and I said, oh, man, I'm in open space. I was like, this is weird. I was like, <laughs> am I really about to score? And so I kind of looked back, and I was like, I'm beating everybody. I was like, oh, let's go. So in my mind, my adrenaline's pumping now. I'm like, hey, let's do this. I'm almost there. I saw the one guy coming. I timed the jump. He missed my feet. I said, oh, I'm home free. I'm home free, baby. <laughs> and I saw the last guy coming, and Jay Wright came and gave me just that little edge on the side, and and it was home free from there. And I ran to the back of the end zone, and I was pumped. And I didn't really realize until I got to the sideline, I said, I just ran in nine yards. And I was like, I don't think anybody ever done that. And I was like, Billy Moore. Billy Moore ran 93 yards, and I never will forget. I met, I met Billy Moore afterwards. He had to beat me. I met him, and he cursed me out so hardcore. <laughs> we just jumped on each other. He gave me a big hug and told me he was so happy for me. We'll continue our conversation with Broderick Green here in just a little bit, but first this. 
Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Yeah, that's that's something that you'll be able to have forever because let's be honest, you can't break that record. Uh, <laughs> I guess by yeah. the rules of the that's currently set up. So it's something I know a lot of Razorback fans are going to remember. But you mentioned, you know, obviously being at USC and Pete Carroll and you talking with him, and when you come back to Arkansas, Bobby Petrino was the head coach there. And I always like to get this indication because I know from a fan when I grew up, obviously being a Razorback fan, I had this vision of what Bobby Petrino was and and who he was. But I always like to ask his former players, what was Bobby Petrino like? So in your experiences, what was it like to play for Bobby Petrino? And do you have any great Bobby Petrino stories? Um, I got some great stories, and I have some great memories. Um, <clears throat> he was definitely the opposite from Coach Carroll. You know, like I said, Coach Carroll had to go lucky, energized, dancing, singing, just happy every day. Let's do this, you know. And uh, the first thing happened when I got back to Arkansas, we were in the meeting room, and Coach Carroll walked in. He was like, hey, I need everybody to sit up straight in your chairs, put your phones away, and I need your eyes on me, and don't say a word while I'm talking. He was like, does everybody understand me? Are we clear? And everybody was just like, yes, sir. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is boot camp. <laughs> like, here we go. <laughs> so I was thinking it was maybe just that day. And no, it just carried over to the field. But he was a fiery guy. He was competitive. He knew what he wanted every single day, and he wanted 110%. And if you didn't give it, he was like, get off my field. And he was a perfectionist, and he was detail-oriented, and he wanted things done consistently, and he wanted you to do it right every single time. And he was a guy that believed in being perfect. His, his thing was practice makes perfect. Broderick, um, were, was there ever um, any debate or – any, I guess, recruitment to play something other than running back? Um, no. Everybody, in the, everybody that recruited me all said running back. Um, they knew I was versatile. They knew I could play fullback if I needed to, or multiple positions. But everybody said, "Hey, I, we want your running back because we've never had a running back like this, this big and this fast. We want to use it to our advantage." So nobody else tried to move me around to any other position. Roderick, I want to talk to you, obviously, since we've mentioned a lot of the past, I want to look at also at the future of Razorback football because I know that uh, Razorback fans have had to endure quite a bit over the past few seasons of uh, some really bad football, but there is some optimism about Coach Pittman and about the direction that they're trying to go. Uh, what do you make of the current situation that Razorback football finds themselves in, and what do you kind of see for the future for them? You know, uh, hopefully we can turn into – another running program, you know, we're bringing in some big linemen, you know, trying to get back to the old days where we had Darren and Felix and Peyton, you know, where we were just ground and pound, you know, and hopefully we can get back to those days. Uh, you know, we got a new quarterback in. We got a lot of people trying to fill in certain positions, still a lot of young receivers, um, a lot of young secondary. Um, so we still got to get our recruitment in order. We're doing a great job bringing in a lot of guys. And, you know, I haven't seen this many, you know, four – five stars, you know, interested in us and trying to come here in a while, and that's great to see. You know, we're starting to kind of get the program back to that winning tradition, and it starts with recruiting. It starts with the coaching staff, and I think we have a strong staff. I think the guys care a lot. I met Coach Pittman, um, you know, and, I mean, he's a player's coach, uh, great personality, uh, seemed very genuine, um, you know, just – 
I mean, the man was in tears when he got the job. He was so passionate about it and, you know, excited. And that's what we need to see. We need a coach like that that cares, that'll go above and beyond for the players, and that's going to put his all into the program to make sure that we're back on top. And there's certainly a lot of excitement, and fans are hoping that it can get better. They're rallying behind Coach Pittman, just like I know a lot of the former players are. So we're excited to see how this goes. Broderick Green, former Razorback running back. Broderick, we really appreciate you hopping on with us this afternoon. Good luck in the coaching realm, man. I know you'll enjoy it, and we look forward to catching up with you later down the road. Hey, I appreciate you guys a ton for inviting me on here and giving me this platform. And, you know, like I said, just being an option for you guys to interview. Like I said, anytime you need me, man, give me a call. Don't hesitate. All right, we will do. We appreciate that, Broderick. All right, thank you, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.